Hey guys, welcome back to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry. As we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager, your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and my co-host, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. How are you, sir? Robbie Duncan McNeil here, reporting for duty. (laughs) (laughs) Are you speaking Star Trek talk? Permission to to come aboard, Admiral Kim. I was trying to, no. Reroute the power to the EPS relays. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We need to come up with Star Trek rap. I know, we do. Okay, I do have to say one thing to you. Yes. Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. It's early when we record this. By the time this comes out, it will have, my birthday will have been a few days past. That is true. Thank you. You turned 39? What was it? 33. 33. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. It's almost like you were in some alternate universe where time just sort of, you know, stood, stood still for so stood long. Stood still or, or evolved so fast that I <laughs> could have become a lizard even. You saw Did that you tweet see? that I sent you, Yeah, right? I saw that the tweet and the, then I, yeah. I started looking at the thread. So oh, somebody yeah. tweeted <laughs> that somebody tweeted a photo that they got a, a threshold tattoo which was yeah. amazing, by the way. Which was, was like awesome. a beautiful tattoo. It was beautiful an amazing tattoo. tattoo. It was like I, the, the Star yeah. Trek symbol, the, the, the chevron or whatever it is. Is that, right. is that what it's called? The chevron? Mm-hmm, the chevron. That, that Starfleet symbol. And then it had like the baby lizards coming around from behind it sort of. And, but it was just beautifully done with like twinkle stars. and. Uh, I yeah. interpreted that as the two mama and papa lizards. I know oh, you okay. tweeted back saying, oh, those are the babies or whatever. But I thought that was actually you and Janeway. Could have been. But never, never before in my life would I have ever have said, if someone said to me, I bet you I can show you an amazing tattoo incorporating the threshold lizards. I would say, no way. No way. But this one was good. But was as good. you know, when you went through that message or that there's post, more people that with threshold there's lizards multiple people that have tattoos of threshold lizards yes yes, yes. unbelievable it is unbelievable <laughs> because for the episode that is seems most universally hated by so I don't many know about hated i don't know about hated provocative but people provide yes i would unforgettable say might be a word yes. to use but you know what this says Rob, robbie this yeah. says You've always been proud of this episode. Yeah. And there are people, there are fans that are also proud enough of this episode that they are getting tattoos of to remind them of this episode on their wow. bodies. So we're gonna be reviewing this episode very soon, actually. Yes. It's coming yes. up what it's a couple coming weeks? up right around the corner, exactly. Oh, I wish I could get Kate to just talk about this a little bit. Oh maybe in a phoner. You could do Maybe. that, you know, yeah. like we phoned Bob Picardo. Just hopefully when we mm-hmm. phone Kate, she won't injure any part of her body like Bob did. Right? By the way, you my know, I, I may have mentioned um, that Ethan Phillips always wears the the r- random flight, random flight mm-hmm. buttons and T-shirts and stuff for, for the last 25 years. He's every time yes. I see him, he's wearing the button from my fan club when That's right. the show was on the air. Um, he just texted me today. Um, cause he often plays this joke that the fan club is still going strong around the world and that he's traveling to some exotic location for a club meeting, but then he always finishes with the punchline and, you know, and both members might be there and, th- you know, something like that. Or, you know, all the members are dead, but I'm going anyway cause the meeting's important, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So he texted something about he's in Indonesia today for the random flight, um, uh, 
meeting. And so I called him hoping, and, and Rebecca was filming it. Yes. Because I was hoping to get into like a whole back and forth that we do about random flight and traveling the world and all oh, the club, all the- Perfect. He, he didn't answer, so I left him a message. <sighs> that I think was very funny. So we're gonna post that as part of some of our bonus material on Patreon. I love that. So there's a little something for you guys to look forward to as part of our ongoing uh, fan club joke back and forth that, that Ethan and I have. But uh, hopefully I'll get I him and you it. can hear his side of that that joke because it's funny. I love that. I can't wait to hear that. It yeah, is it was, so it funny was... hearing the, the, the witty repartee between you two. Well, I got sure. the one, I left him a voicemail and we recorded all of that and I thought I was pretty clever. I hope it's funny. And then we're going to try to, I'm trying to get him at some point. And so we're going to put all these calls together into like a bonus part. It'll just be additional bonus material that I think will be funny for everybody to see. Yeah. All the Patreon definitely. fans. Speaking of uh, Patreon and things coming up, I just want to say Garrett and I have been planning uh, a little contest and Rebecca and Megan are in on uh, these ideas and our, and our admirals have kind of suggested some stuff to get people to expand awareness about the Delta Flyers podcast and the Patreon site and all the uh, fun things that are that you can participate in. Um, so we're doing a contest. We are making some very special, one-of-a-kind contest giveaways. There's going to be, I think, three prizes. Don't, don't even say it. I'm not going to say what it is. Okay. You're going to have to check out our, our Facebook and our Twitter. Uh, we'll be announcing that very soon. But... Uh, but there'll be a couple different ways you can enter the three different contests. These are going to be one of a kind. Only one. These are going to be made. You can't buy it anywhere. You can't get it any other way. So hopefully people can participate in the contest. It'll be fun. We'll have a few different ways, three different contests going simultaneously. And you can enter all three. Triple your chances to win one of these limited edition, only three ever made. Uh, but but look for our Facebook page and Twitter and uh, Instagram. We'll be announcing and talking about that soon. I like the whole mystery behind the one yes. of a kind. I almost want to joke and say, we're going to be giving away Ethan Phillips. Exactly. We're actually just going to give away Johnny Ethan Phillips as one of our prizes. Yeah. Neelix yeah. can be very own Neelix. You can, he's gonna, he's, he, likes, he's gonna, he likes to eat. He, he eats a lot. So you're going to have to have a lot of... You know, yes. groceries, lots of groceries. You're going to have to be able to provide for his... his yeah, but uh, we'll give them to you. We are going to have these three contests. Enter one, enter all three, triple your chances. Yeah. There's going to be three one-of-a-kind prizes that uh, we're making through the Delta Flyers. Uh, and that'll happen in the next couple of weeks. You know how people grow their beards out? And are you growing your beard and mustache out for Movember? Is that what you're doing? I'm growing it out because I had to shave it for the helicopter that we filmed last month. Yes, I had to right. shave it, so now it's coming back in, which I I'm I like my beard. Yeah, it is coming in good. Can you see bit. that I have a little bit of growth that I let in there? Less I see a little there. bit. Can yeah. You, see, it's very, very, very light. Like my my eleven year old stepdaughter says, you should grow out a mustache for November, and I say, yeah, that ain't gonna happen. You could I mean, do because it. like it's so it's so sparse. It's so really? thin. Yeah, there was one day I was in Vegas and I saw this Asian guy with a full beard and I ran up to him and I said, can I take a photo of you? <laughs> and he looked at me like I was crazy. But the truth of the matter is, you know, a lot of Asians yeah. in certain ethnic backgrounds just can't grow a full, a full you know, beard. brave heart beard. Yeah, I I'm couldn't so grow a beard for the longest time when I was in my 20s. No way. I, I mean, I did. For real? I grew, 
It did, but it was very splotchy and. You mean there's hope for me? I didn't have a thick beard. Yeah. Robbie, then there's hope for me then. There if you, is if hope. you were able to finally grow a beard, that means when I'm about 80, I can grow my long Kung Fu master beard wisping. I'm just looking up like wind. Asian beards. Like, I mean, come on. That's a. Some, some. That's photoshopped. You think? Yes. Let's see. Those that are guy's some, half Asian. Yeah, maybe. It's funny because I, I do know um, it's not common to see Asian beards. So I was like, I want yeah. to see some nice Asian beards. There you There's go. some in there though. Yeah, if you want a beard. Sometimes I think it would be nice to not have a beard. Like I don't think any, yeah. it's better either way. It's just different. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. But I see some Asian uh, beards in here. Yeah. Two more on. things. Look at that. Look at that hipster. See, that to me looks Photoshopped. I, I, I just, you know, that, I mean, if you can find an not. Asian guy like that, it's not. Okay. No, well, that one's not. That dude is, he's the unicorn. He's the unicorn of Asian yeah. beards then. Okay. Um, sad news today. Uh, uh -oh. Alex Trebek. Oh, yeah. Him, right? yeah. I mean, that's that guy, man. He's been around for so long. He's been a staple in everybody's households for so long and uh, finally yeah. succumbed to cancer. So rest in peace to Alex Trebek. Yeah. And, um, Typically, we don't really say anything regarding politics, but I will have to say that, you know, part of this country is disappointed, part of this country is elated, but I just hope that everybody in this country joins together as one and becomes more unified. We need to see each other as human beings and fellow Americans and, uh, and get going on that path um, instead of being divisive and, and, and angry, right? Yeah. So I just hope- Well this said, country can well said. Yeah. Okay. I hope people can come together. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Robbie, we are, <laughs> it's so funny. Every time we record, Robbie always begins the recording before we start actually recording with the question, what episode are we doing? There's always that little. I didn't episode. ask you that today though. You did. You forgot. It's so natural. It just comes out of oh. you. You did ask me that. Oh, <laughs> you okay. said that before. Alliances. Alliances. So mm -hmm. that's the name of the episode. So Robbie, um, Without further ado, I guess you and I are going to go ahead and go watch this episode of Alliances and come back and give our recap. Hey guys, we are back from watching Alliances. Alliances! ASMR, ASMR. Did you do a, uh, <laughs> did you do a thing? Did you do a limerick? I did do a limerick. Oh, yeah, oh my God. Okay. All right. Hold on. All right. So, um... Yeah, we already read the Netflix synopsis. So here's yes, my limerick that will completely synopsize every detail of this episode. You ready? Yes. Janeway is tired of the fight. Then she meets a nice trade one night. He promises peace, then tries to blow all the majas out of their seats. Now she's positive Starfleet principles are right. I like it. <laughs> You had a bit of a pause after the word blows, so it sounded like it was going down oh. the path a little bit, a little bit of a naughtiness. No, I would never do that. This is okay. a family podcast. <laughs> this is a family podcast. By the way, for those listening on the podcast, you're not getting this wonderful experience of seeing I switched into the new Delta Flyers hoodie sweatshirt with our cartoon characters on the front doing the podcast. This is a wonderful collectible and super comfy and soft. 
I am decked out head to toe in Delta Flyers merch. And I'm doing funny hand signals <laughs> like the guy, you know, on the street that when it's like sale at the auto used used car lot. And there's that guy with the fan that the arms are going crazy. That's what I feel like right now. I'm that guy. Okay. Or you're the guy on the side of the street that has that sign that says yeah. condos for sale and you're flipping and spinning it and everything. That's me right now. That's, that's what you're doing. You're kind flipping of flipping the hoodie. You're flipping and a, spinning. By the way, this is a comfy hoodie. These is just it? came in this week. It's super soft, super comfy. It's, uh, it's wonderful. And, and you've got, you know, you and me cartoon characters from the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, whoops. Well, for you that can't see me doing the the Goofy Man dance right now, go to yes. the deltaflyers.org. Dot org. Yeah. Check out. I just burped. Did you catch that? I didn't hear it. I just I tried Would to you hide like it. To do it. Oh, no, don't. No, hide I tried to hide it because we're on a professional podcast. Listen, and it's one friend. of the number one rules of podcasting: don't burp in the middle of your podcast. And I just did it. Well, I'm going to say that I think the number the number one rule of podcasting is to be transparent in this day and age. We okay. need to we need to just not hide anything. Okay. So if you'd like to redo that burp, I don't have of, one right now. Oh, it's okay. So it's done. Yeah, it's done. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, we're super excited. We have hoodies now. So this is something that uh, we've we've been uh, thinking and talking about, and now we have them. So now we have them, and now that and everybody comfy. knows, I'm going to read my limerick again because I'm super proud of it. Okay, read it one Janeway, here we go. Janeway is tired of the fight. Then she meets a nice trade one night. He promises peace, then tries to blow all the majas out of their seats. Now she's positive. Starfleet principles are right. I, I paused to get it blow. <laughs> you did. It's did so naughty. You. This is something that, that, that we talked about when I was watching this episode and Megan sitting next to me, and she's like, gosh, this... This episode seems quite naughty, and and sure enough, there's there's your there's my limerick. And what about also, your haiku? Let's hear your haiku. I, See how my much haiku. Innuendo. I changed it. I changed it. I'm not doing a haiku. I'm just doing a poetic okay. synopsis. Okay, because okay. I felt like five seven five was so restrictive, and it was too restrictive. So my poetic synopsis would be: nonstop Kazon attacks, Starfleet principles in question. Maquis way or the Starfleet way? Ally with the Nistrum, the Pomar, maybe the Trabe. In the end, we can trust only ourselves and the Starfleet way. Mm. And is that titled the Starfleet way? Uh, the you should title it the Starfleet it's, way. It's just entitled the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound very original. Okay, fine. I'll call it the Starfleet way. The okay? Starfleet way. We'll do that. We'll do that. But, it, but back on the naughty bit. Blow them out of their seats. <laughs> blow the modges out of their seats. I mean, talking about the naughtiness, there, there's the, you see the go-go dancer and the cleavage in this episode. We typically the way, Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. I, every time in these older Starfleet, Star Trek shows like ours yep. or Next Gen or even DS9, yep. whenever they try to like incorporate a sexy go-go girl, it feels so gratuitous. It feels yeah. totally not necessary. Right. It just feels uncomfortable. It's just I don't know. I don't know why it feels so leering, and I I didn't like it. Okay. I didn't like it at all. 
I, I, I don't know why. I just always feel like it's distracting. Huh. Like it, I don't know. It'd be better if they had a real weird looking alien. That's not like a human stripper girl. If they had some real alien and all the people, you know, watching this dancer were watching a six armed, you know, something and thinking that that was sexy, then it would be cool. It would feel like sci-fi. But right now it just feels like a gratuitous human version of what we find attractive. Uh, or, I don't know. I don't know. It's, no, it's, that makes sense. So if they had an alien that kind of resembled the aliens from Galaxy Quest when they're not in their human form and they look more like their octopus squid form, like that, that with the multiple arms, maybe that I would I think that cool. would be cool because then you kind of go, go -go oh. dancer. Yeah. yeah, you'd be like, oh, on these other planets, beauty is very different than our, like, beauty yes. is in the eye of the yes. beholder. Beauty yeah. is is universally different and right. and interesting and i don't know but there's something about like boiling it down to oh it's going to be like something that we humans in you know yeah. 2020 or whatever 2009 1994 or whatever yeah a 90s show the 90s show thought was sexy it just yeah. feels like it dates it that's the other thing it feels like it dates it you yes know. yes I, I can see that i can see anyway that. but but that the inclusion of that cleavagey go-go dancer your synopsis where you hesitate you just paused on blow the modges and yeah. then you said out of their seats you paused right there and then also janeway's line when she says to uh chakotay in the briefing room you can't have it both ways commander if you want to get in the mud with the kazon you can't start complaining that you might get dirty and she kind of says, Dang, yeah, it was, a, like it was flirty. Yeah. And he was flirty too. A little bit. I think so the there's, first, there's the naughtiness, I feel like. I there know. was always a flirtation between those two. Yeah. 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 Dirty. Dirty. Okay. Um, okay. This was. Uh, Written this by was, Jerry Taylor. Yes. Directed, directed by, by Les Landau, one of Uncle our favorites. Uncle, Uncle Les. Les. We loved Les. Mm -hmm. I thought he did overall a really great job with the directing. I thought there was some great shots um i have know, a question staging good yeah yeah did you feel like this the overall look of this episode to me looked different i don't know if it was the lighting the filters mm. exactly what but it looked different to me i mean really yeah did you feel that at all in terms of like there's a, for instance i'm gonna be more specific in that scene in the briefing room with um Chicote and the way the camera's set up, it's basically Chicote's in the foreground and yeah. you see him really closely. But my God, you could see every nuance of the makeup, the base makeup that was put on his face. Like it wasn't, it was very, very, mm, uh, the colors was, they were richer or there was more, I don't know. You know exactly I felt like what this was. was a darker episode. I felt like um, there was a lot of darkness in this episode. Like okay. The okay. battle scene is okay. open into mid-battle, and it's a huge battle at the start. Right. right. I felt like it was very dark, like shadowy yeah. and yeah. emergency I've, lights and all that. Darker than what we're used to, right? Yes. I mean, not as dark as Game of Thrones on the, the, close to the end of the, the final episode where it's yeah. so dark, the battle scene, that you don't see anything. It's just yeah. pitch black, you know? Uh, yeah. It wasn't like that, but... But yeah, maybe that's it. But I definitely felt that the whole time I was watching, I thought, gosh, this just looks different mm. to me. I don't know. Just maybe the filters that we used. And, and yeah, there, was, there were filters, right? I mean, sure. when you filmed, 
Um, yeah, they would use different kinds of filters depending on which actor was there or if there were prosthetics, they would use a stronger filter than if there were non-prosthetics right. just to try to hide the, the seams of the prosthetic. Yeah. Right. Any edges that were visible, the, yeah. a, a filter can then soften it and then yep. kind of give the illusion that that's not prosthetic makeup on, on an actor and it's yeah. really an alien. Okay. Yeah. So I felt yeah, like maybe the filters were different on this one. Maybe. I thought that that first battle scene was really exciting, very well done. And yeah. uh, and then I think it was in engineering, uh, the actor Raphael Sparge shows yes. up, who's in a few episodes with us. But uh, I had known Raphael Sparge back in many years before in New York City when we were both auditioning a lot as younger actors. I, I We had mm. crossed paths a lot. He's a very talented actor. Yeah. Um, I had forgotten that he was in this. I had forgotten yeah. that Simon Billig was also in this episode. Uh -huh. Simon, I knew also from New York. We had gone to the same acting school. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he'd gone to Juilliard when I was at, I was at Juilliard. I actually sent a message to Simon on Facebook. Oh, you did? If he would be, yeah, I said, are you available for coming on to our podcast? And he said, possibly. So we have a definite maybe <laughs> from Simon Billig. Oh, good. And I think I would love to reach out to Rafael Sabarge. Always been a big fan of Raphael and all the mm -hmm. work that he's done. Uh, he's a good actor and and also a really good guy off camera, which yeah. is nice. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like every, yeah, he's a good guy. He, he doesn't have that that Hollywood attitude or or, yep. or any type of you know standoffishness that some actors tend to get when they yeah feel like the uh, you know they've elevated above above everyone else in some way mm -hmm. or shape or form. So um, super nice guy. Uh, he Great guest actually, cast. This whole this yeah. whole episode had really good actors. I thought as as our guest stars, a Definitely. lot of them too. A lot of guest actors. Martha um, Hackett was in the show. I knew Bill I remembered Martha, her. You were yeah. right. You called that right. And then of course I should have suggested. I should once you said Martha, I should have said, said Anthony, Anthony. Delongis, my teacher from UCLA, my uh, UCLA yeah. film department uh, teacher, professor. Um, and then you know I didn't realize that Simon Billig. And who played Hogan? That's his character's name. And yep. then um, uh, Raphael Sabarge is Jonas, Michael Jonas. Like I didn't know those guys were Maquis. I didn't really. I didn't really. I know. I had forgotten that together. too. I was like, wait a minute, they're Maquis. You know, mm -hmm. um, Raphael said something very nice to me once. We were at a convention together, and I had I had that was my third time maybe uh, moderating a panel that he was in, and I mm -hmm. think he was mm -hmm. in the panel specifically. Um, for um, oh my God, I'm blanking. What is the TV show based on uh, the fairy tales? Um, oh, Once Upon a Time. Yes. God dang yeah. it. See, this is this is the problem with age. You get older and you start forgetting things. And I couldn't remember Once Upon a Time, the easiest title I've, in the world. I've forgotten things since oh. I was 18 years old. So okay, so I'm not gonna. No. All right, I won't hold it against it. But he did say age. he he stopped the 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 panel to say like. I just want to tell everyone that Garrett is the gold standard in moderating. And I thought, oh, oh, I'm sure that was very reassuring, especially starting oh. out. Well, that's so awesome. He's a good guy. guy. It really is. And um, Simon's a good guy. Yeah. Good to see them both. Uh, one thing that I noticed in here about Maj Kulla, played by my UCLA theater department professor, yeah. Anthony DeLongas, he has almost like two eyelids. And the eyelid that's closest to his eye, if you look at it later in the episode, about two thirds of the way in, you, I think it's during the meeting, the conference, you get to see, it almost looks like teeth. It's like teeth and a gum. I mean, if you look it's at- part of his, his prosthetic? Yes, wow. the part of his prosthetics makes, makes it look like he has 
um, you know, the top part of a, of, of a denture or, or when you go to the dentist and they do that, that, that cast of your teeth of your, you uh-huh. know, put that, that, that material that hardens and they make a little cast. It looked like that, like the teeth, which was so bizarre. I find the Kazon makeup to be confusing. Like their hairdos are all different and yeah, the details of the way their face, but maybe that was all the premise. Although I will say one thing I've learned Mm-hmm. doing our podcast and talking to all kinds of people. I've learned that Michael Piller really wanted the Kazon story to be a timely tale about urban um, sociology, I guess you'd say. There were a lot of back in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, the gang situation in Los Angeles was a big problem. It was a big challenge. There was a lot of gang crime and gang mm-hmm. violence and the city and, and, and people didn't understand how to deal with it. Michael mm-hmm. Piller really wanted the Kazon to sort of be an allegory for that, the gang violence and the gang problems, specifically in LA at the time. So this episode, I think, gives a real, even though Jerry Taylor wrote it, not Michael Piller, I feel like it gives such a great history. Like we learn that none of this you know, you, we think these are all Kazon ships. And they go, wait, no, they took it from the trade. Yeah. They stole it. And, yeah. oh, what's the history there? Why? Oh, because they didn't have anything. They were, they were dominated and, and put into slavery and mm-hmm. treated horribly yeah. and revolted eventually. And so I, anyway, I just found that to be, once I was sort of enlightened about why, who the Kazon were, because I honestly hated the case. <laughs> well, yeah, a, no, we've made, we both made comments, anti case yeah. comments on this podcast, and especially about how yeah. can you guys be so, uh, you know, so technologically, it seems like backwards, but yet you have these amazing starships that you're flying around in. And now we learn from this episode, or at least now we remember from this episode, yeah. that those are not Kazon ships. Those are Trabe ships. Those are Trabe um, technology, yeah. basically, right? So, um, yeah, so that now I feel bad about. I know, that. and it's but it's interesting because you and I made seven years of episodes, but I, you know, that detail had gotten lost in the history of, of Voyager for me. Correct. So I still had this perspective of, oh, the Kazon, why, you know, there's, yeah, why can't they make water? This yes. episode to me was really important to sort of put in context who the Kazon are and why mm-hmm. they why they have all these little factions, these gangs, mm-hmm. all the, yep. you know, the, the different tribes and right. alliances and things. I, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I, I liked a lot of things about this episode, especially that. Yeah. And we realized the trade were are all along, just not good people to deal with there. Yeah. They were trying to end the, well, not end. They were just trying to eliminate the leadership of all the, yeah. all the Kazan Majas at the end. And, and, um, when tr- the Trabe are being introduced to Neelix in that scene where they're in the cave, um, yeah. the lead Trabe gets up and says, I'm Abus. I'm, I'm Mabus. I had to look it up. It's M-A-B-U-S. Yeah. M-A-B-I-S. I thought he said, I'm Avis, which is the reference to not only the rental car company, but also the deity in the Orville of the krill species. Right, the krill species. right. <laughs> Basically, uh, they revered their god, which was called Avis. And I thought that's what he said when he introduced himself. And I thought, oh my God, this is where Seth got Avis from, from this episode. But no, it's Mabus. Mabus. Maybe, maybe he yeah. heard Avis and that's why yeah. he, you know, he yeah. uh, Avis in his show. Who knows? By the way, um, this is the first time in the teaser during that big battle, Paris says, 
He wants to go give Torres a hand. Hmm. Wants to Who go says help. That? Paris does. That's the first Where? time I've heard him like, oh, Torres is special. When, to when me. did you? When did you? When did Paris? Say Captain, that? permission to go to, uh, to engineering and give Torres a hand. Yeah, he says that in the in the teaser. So maybe oh. maybe there's the beginnings of Torres and you know. He's going to go try to turn her since she's got the hots for everybody else on the ship, clearly. Um, by the way, and also in the teaser, Chicote says, you know, think like the Maquis to, to Janeway. Yeah. And we learned that this is the fourth attack in two weeks and that they've already lost three crew members. Yes. So how many are left? I mean, we, you know, it's not we a big a ship, Voyager. It's no, not like there's thousands of people. There's maybe 200 people or, you know. There's under 200. There's under 200. We yeah. need a running crew count of like who's still alive. Well, he says know? three. We lost three crew members. We lost so. three. Minus three is what we have to have. Mm -hmm. This is like a blackjack carding, counting cards. Yes, count. exactly. Minus three. Um, yeah, that, that, that whole briefing room uh, um, memorial for crewman Bandera, who we, yeah. I, I kind of, you know, Wish we had kind of explored that guy a little bit more. <laughs> in prior it's it's episodes, always hard right? when, yeah, when something like this happens, yeah. and you know, and and Chicote is giving this speech about, yeah. you know, I was so close to him, and mm -hmm. like he saved my life when we yeah. were in the Marquis or whatever. Yeah. Well, why didn't we ever see you talk to him? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we were so close to him. Like, yeah. So I mean, I know that it's hard because they can't keep a thousand, you know, or even hundreds of characters. Yeah, live and 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 I know that these scripts sometimes are written without you know by separate writers and they don't always know exactly who's written what. But yeah, when they do something like this, it would be more meaningful if there had been the setup for his death that we had seen a moment between him. You know, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and at the end of that memorial, um, at the end of the memorial for Crewman Bandera, um, we all stand at attention. We all get up. Yeah, and we watch as I think that stand or the background uh, actor was. I think that was Carrie. You remember I think Carrie? Was, yeah. I think that was Carrie. Carrie, um, he he brings the bosun's whistle up and he does the, and that's the end of the memorial. And yeah. it, I remember when we filmed that specific distinctly. I remember thinking, "Wow, that's so anticlimactic." It's just this little <laughs> tiny little like here. Let me pull out this tiny little Barbie doll size whistle and go. And that's I wonder if Carrie, um, I wonder if he knew how to do that before and that's why they wrote it in there or if, or if they no. said, Hey, can you do this? Do no, you remember? I don't know. I don't, I don't think, uh, he learned I thought that to, was, to I thought that was put in post. I thought he just did it silently and we just stood there while he did that. I that's like what I remember I, a sound coming out of did it. Did you though. hear something? Okay. I think when we filmed right. it, I, yeah, that moment you're talking about, I do remember that though. I yeah. remember yeah. I had flashbacks of being there and filming that moment. I just um, felt cheated by the just the bosun's whistle. I wanted the bagpipes. I wanted some, yeah. I, you know, I wanted some. I wanted a meal, but I got an appetizer at well, the yeah. end of that memorial. I hear you. I hear okay. you. Right. Uh, Janeway goes to talk to uh, Tuvok about whether or not to do this and get some wisdom, some some advice from Tuvok. And Tuvok uses the uh, the example of Spock, who recommended an alliance with uh, Klingon. Yes. And I had to go look that up because I was like, is that true? Yeah. And yeah, that is true that yeah. Spock uh, and his his father, I forget um, the character. Sarek. They were, yeah, 
Yeah, they were Zurich or something like that. S-A-R-E-K. Yeah. Zurich. Yeah. They were they were part of that. uh, Yeah, the 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 Klingons and Starfleet uh, forming a a truce. So I thought that was kind of cool. Also, they're in the briefing room, and Neelix says to to the captain, he goes, "You know, there's a planet nearby, and uh, there's a uh, a Kazon down there that owes me a favor." A rather large favor, actually. It's a naughty and episode. Robbie. Something about that. I was like, what is what he doing? <laughs> that was really loaded. A rather large favor. Large favor. Actually. I really want to know what kind of favor he owes him. Oh, my goodness. I, um, I know. This is inquiring minds want to know. Right? Neelix has really gotten around the Delta Quadrant. So he flies down there. We talked about the stripper. I think that was unnecessary. Um, And then Neelix is, by the way, and he's arrested in the scene. Um, But by the way, he had a cut on his head and uh, when he's arrested and um, he's got red blood. Yeah, I noticed that too. That's the first time I think we've ever seen uh, Neelix's Neelix bleeding that yeah, I can remember. Blood or any injury. Yeah, he's yeah. never been injured like that. Yeah. Yeah, so he had sure. red blood, which I thought was yeah. interesting. I, yeah. From some angles, it kind of looked like strawberry jam. Um, yeah. To, yeah. But, uh, but yes, that he, the fact that he has red blood, that's something that they could have definitely added a different color to that, right? Yeah. He could have had orange blood or, or neon green predator blood or whatever. Something. You know, they could yeah. have did Blue. something. Yeah. Something. Like the color of your backdrop right now, that Aurora yes. Borealis color blood. Exactly. Um, I also jumping back before we saw his blood and he got, he went down to the cave and everything. Um, when Janeway tries to form some sort of treaty with, um, with Kala mm-hmm. and he Maj clearly, Maj Kala and he clearly, Anthony DeLongis and he clearly pushes it too far. Right. He wants crewmen on her, on Voyager and his crewmen. Janeway makes the offer. She says, we'll, we'll, uh, offer you, um, supplies and, medical assistance and and i'm thinking why don't you just offer them water because they don't know how to make water if you really want to seal the deal just say we'll give you water and you'll you'll be good janeway's like we're gonna give you water in fact we're gonna up the ante we're gonna give you french mineral water known as evian evian water sparkling Flat. We're going to give you Fiji water. Every, no. Your choice of water. We'll give you whatever brand water you'd like. Yeah. So, yeah I think she been... could have closed that deal she if she had just that deal. offered water. She didn't offer water. Good old H2O would have closed that deal. But <laughs> nope. <laughs> but now we know why they can't make water. Because that's not all their technology. Oh, God. All um, right. So Neelix hey. is the trade prisoner. And this dude asked Neelix to join them, like, out of the gate. The guy's like, Here's our whole plan. He lays it out, which was yeah. very suspicious to me. Definitely. I immediately I'm like, yeah. yeah, I don't trust yeah. this guy. He's yeah. he's doing something because you would not yeah. have a stranger, especially a stranger who's not even your species, you know. Right. And just throw out your whole revolt plan. So it uh, sounds like a setup. It sounds like uh Neelix yeah. is gonna be the Patsy. You know, he's going to take the blame for whatever's going to happen. Yep. So you're, you're definitely second guessing or, or wondering what's, what's the motive behind Mabus. What is he doing? Yeah. Do you remember that scene where uh, Simon Billig is talking to um, 
Roxanne. So we have Hogan talking to Torres and he mm-hmm. says Baylana. So he pronounces it the way that Roxanne pronounces it sometimes, right? Baylana. Baylana yeah. instead of Bolana, which is the way I've been doing it forever. Listen, I'm married to her. I know yeah? how to say it. Uh, do you? Okay, Bolana. good. Balana. All right. So that's your own, but I thought it's Bay, but okay. It's okay. Um, she says, who are you? Who are you to be second guessing Captain Janeway? So she dresses down Hogan, which is identical to the scene in the pilot where Torres is not happy about the, the yeah. union of the Maquis and the Starfleet. And, and so on the bridge, she says, she turns to Chakotay and says, who is she to be? So basically it was the same Kind of emotion and same whatever, but instead of her questioning Janeway, now it's Billy questioning Janeway, and then her coming back at Billy, uh, at uh, yeah. Hogan with the same amount of vitriol or the same amount of uh, yeah. uh, uh, forcefulness, right? That Klingon forcefulness we see that I, I just it was so reminiscent of the pilot episode. I'm like, yeah, oh you know, Voyager sees this giant armada, and they think they're dead you know, Kazon are just going to destroy them. And it turns yes. out Neelix pops up on the screen. He's like, it's not the Kazon. This okay. is the Trabe. Right. We are I've... not in deep caca. We are totally no. okay. It's the Trabe. And yeah. and Mr. Trabe, dude, um, he comes over, Mavis. We'll call yeah. him Mav- Mavis the Avis. Or I'm um, going to call him Trabe Bill Pullman. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of like, a Bill Pullman, a little yeah. bit. Bill Pullman-ish kind of character. The so yeah. Trey Bill Pullman. Trey Bill com- Pullman comes over, has a little dinner, and and some water because we do water great. We are so good with water. We're so good with water on Voyager, and he comes over and he tells this whole story, and that's what I was talking about—the Michael Pillar of it all. Yeah. Um, I loved. You know, usually these old backstory stories are really boring, but I feel like because we've spent a year and a half of episodes mm-hmm. confused about who these Kazon people are. Right. It just, for me, I found that really satisfying. I'm like, oh, wow, this all makes sense now. It was like one of those Game of Thrones moments where you spend like two or three years wondering why something's going to happen. And then all of a sudden you realize, you know, it all comes together. So I thought that dinner was great. Um, yeah, I thought it was shot well. The performances were good. The writing was great. Then we go into, uh, uh, we see someone's on a desktop monitor, uh, some Kazon man named Reddick. And wait a minute, there's Michael Jonas. That's... Uh, um, Raphael Sabarge. Raphael Sparge. Secretly contacting the Kazon. Dang. Yeah, those Maquis, those dang Maquis. Those dang Maquis. It's so sad, too. Raphael's such a nice guy. He Make is a nice guy. Spy. Turn him into a little weasel. Yeah, yeah. that that, that hurt me. My feelings were hurt. I agree. Mm. Yeah. So uh, all the communications protocols, he shared all this technology with them. He says, contact us again. And uh, clearly he's been doing something with Seska because they. he says, you know, <laughs> Seska's get, gets hey, around I, with I everybody. <laughs> Almost like Balana. <laughs> oh, but yeah, there's clearly like a plan afoot. So that's kind of cool. I thought that was yeah. surprising. I'd forgotten yeah. that Raphael Sparge was a traitor. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we have a little bit of the doctor and Kess treating some of the trade for malnutrition and some of their injuries. Tiny bit. Tiny Very bit. little, yeah. though, yeah. Janeway yelled at me in this episode. 
So remember? Oh yeah, she did. Well, you got a little mouthy with her. I did. (laughs) You got a little mouthy, dude. I gotta say, like I would have. In the video reactions that I recorded of this thing, this is the reason Megan started making fun of me, saying that's why you weren't promoted. You were such a, you know, (laughs) mouthy and you're you're kind of a jerk. You know, you'd look at what you're saying. I'm like, well, look, I'm just saying what's the obvious, the obvious. I'm not, you know. You got a little mouthy. I think you like cut her off even, which you just don't do. You don't cut off the captain. I did. I did. Yeah. I didn't know my place. You know, sometimes I just, I let my emotions get the Mm -hmm. best of me, you know, as Harry. So they go to this, this uh, conference. And uh, all of these mages are there, mm-hmm. which, by the way, you know, you see all these Kazan in one room with those hairdos, and it's like the Miss America pageant. It's like <laughs> there's so much hairspray, and uh, and you know, the higher the hair, the higher <laughs> to God, closer to God, isn't that what they say? And our next contestant, Mr. <laughs> Kazan <laughs> Oglamar. That's what it, it sort of felt like the Miss America pageant to me, and the way that Janeway and those guys were standing there, sort yeah. of. They were the judges. Yeah, like greeting them and sort of walking by and yeah. a little Miss America pageant of right. uh, yeah. Right. It, it, I also gotta say, like that set to me felt a little cheap. Like I feel like if you're gonna have this big meet and greet where you know this big thing, it should have been in a much larger, more dramatic space. It felt like some oh, yeah. side room, like yeah. the janitor's closet. At the, you know, the Trabe Hotel with kind of a one window over awkwardly over in the corner, which, of course, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, that window seems set designed for a reason. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's kind of, it's, I didn't I, remember well, the massacre attempt, right. but I was like immediately drawn but, to, that window just doesn't belong there. Why? Okay. Did, yeah. Did you... Uh, did you have the same, when I was watching this and they were bringing all these, where they're talking about the conference and all the modules are going to be there. I thought there were more sex than this. I thought they would, didn't, they, yeah. didn't they talk about- There should have been uh, like 30 of them there. Yeah, there should, you know. Oh yeah, this should have been, this should have been just, you know, yeah. uh, there should have been all type of pomp and celebration or, or you know. This just, is a um, this is clearly a budget thing. Like they just yeah, didn't have the like money. They didn't have enough money to take to make the set look good. They didn't have enough money to have more background mages of yeah. every single sect there, right? So there should have been thirty of them at least. At least, right? but there at was least. Like six. And there should have been assistants, and there should yes, have been there. Exactly. You know, nowadays I think with technology, you could do things called digital replication or correct tiling or all kinds of things. Correct. So you could have maybe only hired six or eight actors to put on the makeup, but you could have duplicated them in ways that you could have shot as if there were a hundred of them in the room. Right. And I think that's, that would have been something nowadays we might've done, but back then the digital duplication was not common and very expensive and all hand done. And so now the technology is it's cost effective. You could actually put that in and it's not going to break your budget for this episode. Right. Yeah. You could have done it. It would have been, within reach, I think, yeah, but, yeah. but back then it wasn't. I loved when they got emergency beamed out yeah. when she realizes what's happening and the ship's about to shoot and they're all getting beamed out and they've all got these faces like, Arr! and then you look over at, what's his name, Mabus or whatever. <laughs> Mabus he's is like, like, he's like smiling. He's got this yeah. big smile on his yeah. face. He's like, like, you're gonna die. Kind of like through his smile. Yeah, he was very- Well, you know. if you remember when we had to do those beam outs, we'd kind of get there and then you'd have to freeze. One, 
two, two, three, three, four. And then they'd step you out. Yeah. And then they keep step rolling. Out. One, two, and they count. Right. So I'm sure when he got in there with a smile, he was like, okay, and run in and freeze. And he had a smile on his face. <laughs> and he's like, one, two, two three, three, four. And step out. One, <laughs> two. Oh, God. It's so true. Yeah. It's but at least you know to Janeway's credit she does warn all the Maja she's yeah. like get down and no one really kind of got down they were like well yeah. they were kind of like discombobulated but she did try to warn them and that whole meeting had shades of uh of uh Braveheart mm -hmm. film mm -hmm. you know where they had to meet with uh, all the Scottish nobles were meeting and and the English were basically waiting to kill them all so yeah. um and that was similar to that when did Braveheart mind. come out I wonder because so often, you know, on TV shows, uh, uh, just a little sidebar, like episodes of television will off, often um, parallel some great, wonderful movie. And uh, when did it come out? 1995. Exactly. There you uh, go. <laughs> 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 they were, well, they I'm were just, watching Braveheart. Saying, influenced by Braveheart. A lot of times the big movies come out and the yeah. episodes, all those writing staffs on shows are like, oh, oh we if could we do did this. a Braveheart episode of <laughs> Voyager, yeah. maybe it would be like this. And yeah, yeah. that's yeah. funny that it came out. I just yeah. had a feeling. Because writers can do that. They can take one idea and then write around that idea of like the meeting of the conference. And then I used to have this book on my little reference book on my reference shelf that said, I forget the number, but it was something like 13 dramatic situations or something. And it, hmm. and I, there's other books, other numbers, but this book basically boiled down all stories into like 13 models or 20, whatever the number was. It was much oh, less sweet. than you would think. You don't remember the you name know, of the book? Though, basically, right? like, I can't remember. I want to say 13 dramatic situations or something like that. Yeah. But it boiled down all stories to the, to the core of there's only a handful of stories. There's boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl. There's right. boy has it all, boy loses it all, or girl, whatever. You can replace the boy girl. You can replace... Yeah. And you can move it around a little, but it fundamentally right. is the same few yeah. stories. Yeah. Um, kind of I like agree. Joseph Campbell writes a lot yeah, about the that's heroes. That's what I was going to say. The that hero's like journey. Mm -hmm. The hero's journey is one. It's the same story told over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So exactly. I'm not surprised that that Braveheart came out in '95 while we were making this particular episode, and they might have been influenced by it because there's Very only a so. handful of stories. The only other note I have for this episode, I pretty much talked about everything I need to talk about. Same. The only other note I have is when Janeway sees the Kazon Armada, which turns out to be a Trabe Armada. Yeah. She does the left eyebrow, Vulcan eyebrow raise, you know, the spot. She's amazing. Does, she, she does the little whoop, like that. She's amazing. There's something about Kate Mulgrew's performance in this episode in particular for me, but I'm sure it's consistent with every episode. She can make every moment so intense it's like the drama <laughs> she can take something that that just could could be like you know you know uh, i don't know how much power left in the engines how much power left in the, like she <laughs> she does so many amazing powerful twists and turns to the simplest 
it's yeah. pretty it's pretty amazing and she pulls it off it's like it's that's her thing though that's how it, she is in real life right that is she's totally how she is in she's real life. super uh she gets very deep and very intense very quickly so that's, yeah. that's good no i thought it was a, a lot of fun i really enjoyed this episode and was happy about some of the mythology of the Kazon. that to me was a a total winner so yeah i'm that's that's my thoughts on this episode i do have a theme and i tried to articulate it concisely the theme for me is guiding principles are often more reliable than shifting personalities hmm. mic drop wow i think um to me the theme is people can be unreliable people can shift and change and we may not judge them correctly good or bad but if we have strong principles if i have strong principles and i stick yeah. to those strong principles that those will keep me centered and grounded and i can rely on those and so i think you know janeway realizing in the end that you know starfleet is our best ally starfleet principles are our yeah. best allies yeah that was her quote the principles and ideals of the federation are the best allies we can have so yeah, yeah. i think for me the theme or at least the message to be learned from this episode came from the briefing, uh, not briefing room, but the captain's ready room scene between her and Tuvok. Mm. Tuvok is breaking off wisdom about the Vulcan mm. plant, you know, and he said that um, in the beginning, the plant was weaker, uh, but in time, it grew to be stronger than, than if they were just alone. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah. and that to me, yes, that, that theme to me relates to now. Uh, yeah. post-election, um, you know, Republican Party, Democratic Party, needs to graft together like the orchid and yeah. the Vulcan plant. Well, our whole strong. world needs to do it. Our countries, whole world, exactly. Countries but need to do it yes, because yes. our planet, Yes, uh, we can debate the details of the science of, you know, right. global warming or pollution or, you know, whatever. But we need to, to pull together as a planet. Yes. For it's, all it's, of it's, our It needs to be interests. a global movement, but it starts, you know, grassroots it, yeah. locally right so yeah. you have to have that unity and that 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 camaraderie that help the the helping attitude instead of that yeah. know, judging attitude right yeah. you really have to sit there and say let's how can we help this other person i may not agree with this other person in terms of what they believe in their everything but how can i help this person succeed in life or do better in life and how can that person help me succeed in life yeah. and, and do better and in how life? can i be curious about the things i don't know yeah. I'm going to be curious about what, what they believe in, what they stand for that I may not understand. Yeah. You know, so yes. Yeah. So down. some very timely down, thing. Down with all of it. Good, cool. good wisdom from Star Trek again. Yes, it is. Learning well, to be a better human. Exactly. Well, thank you guys for, for tuning in. Um, join us next week when we will be reviewing none other than Threshold threshold and don't yes. forget about our contest we got three contests check out our uh, instagram our twitter and our facebook page we're going to have an announcement about that real soon yep. three one-of-a-kind special um prizes three yep. contests you can enter all three of them if you want for better odds but um we're going to be giving away some stuff yeah um so check out our our social media and uh, visit us at uh, our Patreon site and stay involved. It's been the whole community of the Delta Flyers is growing every day. And I love you guys. It's been really exciting this year to, uh, to reconnect with Star Trek and our show and this community. So um, we'll see you soon.